You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And today I'm talking to Michelle Barton, who is what is known as an ultra runner. In regular English, that means she's crazy. She has competed in some of the toughest races on the planet, including races like the Badwater 135, which takes place in the middle of the summer in Death Valley and actually goes 135 miles. So listen to this. When Michelle is relaxing, i.e. not running crazy races and making new records, she gets on her bike or she swims because, God forbid, she should not be in motion. Michelle has a daughter and lives in Laguna Niguel, California. So, Michelle, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Hi, Amy. It's such a pleasure and honor to be with you today and such a pleasure to be in your book in the second edition as well. Oh, well, thank you. And the book that you are referring to for our listeners is Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good, which is the second book that we have made with Dean Carnassus, who is the epitome of a crazy runner. And actually, the story that you wrote for our book, which is about Badwater 135, was run in the June 25th issue of Women's Running. So that is the story that they picked to inspire all of their readers. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I was really, really happy with that. It's funny because um, the Women's Running magazine actually featured my daughter in 2011 because she volunteered and came out with my father and I to a 120-mile race. So she got her picture in there uh, eight years before I did. But I'm very, very happy to be in there. That's really funny. And speaking of your father, Doug, yeah, we have a story by him also in our book. Now, he's in his 80s, right? He just turned 80 on March 28th, yes. Okay, and so his story is something about how he and his other older running mates, they go running and they go by much younger runners and then they say, you've been geezered as they run right by these runners who are decades younger than them. So it was very funny. They run all over the place, these older men, and they geezer everybody. And the funny thing is they have little business cards with their pictures on them and say, you've been geezered on them. And so it's kind of a memento. It's pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that you are planning to keep running forever, considering the example of your father. I hope I can be like my father. That's definitely a goal because he's always injury free. He doesn't really like race full out. Um, But he's always getting records in his age group because he's usually the only one in his age group. So if I can stay healthy like him, then I I will be very, very happy when I'm 80. (laughs) So, Michelle, you are this unbelievable 
world-class runner. You've set records all over the place in these ultra-long runs that are 50 miles, 100 miles, more than 100 miles. How did you get started in this field? Well, that's a great question. And I would say I got started with my father. When I was young, he would take me on backpacking trips, even when I was three years old, on little overnight trips to like local mountains such as Mount Baldy, San Gregorio, San Jacinto, and then we'd work our way up to like week-long backpacking trips in Yosemite. And those I found were my greatest childhood memories. He would let me bring friends, and those were long before the days of cell phones and things. So it's it's kind of uh, interesting how you would think that parents of my friends that maybe six years old would let their kid go away with, you know, in the wilderness for a week, just backpacking and having fun in the mountains. But I really fell in love with Yosemite, and that was the highlight of my summer every year doing that. And my dad had a friend who happened to be a race director. His name is Baz Hawley. He put on short-distance trail runs in our local mountains on Saddleback. So my dad just uh, started entering races. They were like a progression of races. So every other Saturday, there would be a race, and it would start at like a 10K, then a 12K, a 15K, And then the culmination, it would end with a 50K. And I did the series with him. And uh, my dad did his first 50K on his 65th birthday. And I just kind of went out there and did it. And I ended up getting second place woman overall. There wasn't lots of runners, like at the ultras, maybe 100 or something. But I was kind of hooked. I found that the camaraderie of these trail runners, they all want to help you if you have a problem. Like during the race, they will give you a gel or a salt pill. And it's not like competitive, like fierce road runners or road cyclists. Like they all feel like family. And I became such close friends with all the runners and the race directors. And so I just found myself doing the whole circuit of the Southern California ultras. Oh, that's so cool. And I love the camaraderie that you talk about. I was just watching the Tour de France. We're recording this July 23rd, just for our listeners to know the context. And my son, who's a cyclist, he's a triathlete, he was explaining to me how they will try to knock each other off, you know, in the Tour de France. (laughs) So it's great to hear that in long distance running, people are helping each other, not trying to undo each other's times or performance. And Dean Carnassus has always talked about the fact that runners are just so inclusive, which makes it such yeah. an accessible sport for everybody because it means that you can start it and know that you're going to get help even from that person you're just running by on the street. So listen, Michelle, we're going to pause for our commercial break. And when we come back, I'd love to get some tips from you for those mere mortals among us who might just be you know, occasional runners who really need some help to get ourselves out there every day. We're back with Michelle Barton. Michelle, how do you stay motivated and keep up the training? I'd love to get some tips for how the rest of us can just get ourselves out there, you know, four times a week, five times a week, whatever it is. Okay. Well, Running is hard, and you can't expect every day to be effortless and magical. Like, for example, today I'm super sore. I've been biking a lot, um, and I did a pretty crazy mountain run the other day. And so this morning, I'm feeling sore, but I went anyway. And um, the trick is tell yourself 
you're just going to go out and run for 10 minutes and see how that goes. And chances are you're going to probably run double or triple that. And actually, I felt less sore this morning running than when I stopped and just started walking. So um, body in motion stays in motion and a body that is stagnant or my dad calls it sedentarianism sort of stays that way. And so I would say running shouldn't be a, a chore. Um, I would say, you know, I have a lot of passion for being outside. It feels good. You always feel better after a run. If you uh, need to stay motivated, it always helps to sign up for a race. Um, maybe that race can be like a destination race or something local. It could be something maybe further than you've run before and set your goals really high. Um, and it's okay. Even if you fail, like I learn the most from failures than when I actually win a race. So I would say life is just too short to spend time doing something you don't enjoy. So it's always fun to look forward to a run and know that you're going to feel better afterwards. Some of the running tips I have for like, say beginners would be get yourself like a watch that has a heart rate monitor. And what I would do is do what is called a math test. It's M-A-F, mathetone. And so all you do is take the formula number 180 and minus your age. And that allows you to kind of like run at that heart rate and train efficiently to build your aerobic base. It's optimal fat burning zone. So just 180 minus your age. Um, also, to stay injury-free, I would not only just run, I would find other activities like, for example, I love mountain biking, road biking, and swimming. I love hiking. I love other things. So, like, um, I incorporate that into my weekly routine. I don't just only run. Another tip I would say is practice running at a cadence of 180, and that kind of prevents you from getting injured because you're not, like, striking on your feet super long. There's a timer. It's free. You can download the app. It's called Metro Timer on your iPhone and just set it to beep at 180. It just goes like beep, 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 beep. And if you can kind of match your feet to that, it's just a really good way to run in general. Also practice good form. Don't land on your heels, like land on your midfoot. Run in new places. Don't always run like the same trail over and over the same road. And also I believe running on a softer surface. And my dad would also agree with me that running on dirt is better and it sort of incorporates more muscles. Like if you're only running on the flat pavement all the time, you're kind of using the same muscle groups. I feel much more sort of beat up and bored just running on flat pavement than running like on trails in the mountains. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, if you're running along a road, sometimes you can just run on the grass that's right next to the road. Yeah. And then that's not jolting you as much. Exactly. You could even take your shoes off. It's good to like strengthen your feet by running barefoot on grass, like do some strides, just run five minutes barefoot, and um, it will make you stronger. Also, here's a tip, like if you want to do a recovery run, just try breathing through your nose only. Some people even tape their mouth and like run, breathe through your nose. A famous coach called Lee Sagsby from Europe is a strong advocator of that for recovery runs because it automatically forces your heart rate down um, into like a recovery zone. Also, don't be ashamed to like walk at all, like walk the hills, power walk. 
if you're out on mountains on trails, sometimes you can even incorporate trekking poles on your climbs. Like I love using lecky poles, so does my dad. Also, I would stretch after you run, not before, so your muscles are very warm and everything. And for me, I do a lot of ultras, which is I'm going to be out there running maybe 10, 20, 30 hours. My longest run was 45 hours. So I use this product called Squirrel's Nut Butter. So it prevents chafing like on your feet or anywhere that your skin would rub, like under your armpits or in between your thighs, like anything like that. Oh, that's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I took my daughter shopping and she was explaining to me about chafing and th that had never occurred to me because I'm just a brisk walker. I'm not yeah. a runner. And she runs, you know, half marathon. Well, she's pregnant, so she's been running half marathons instead of full marathons. But oh, but she uh -huh. was explaining the chafing to me and uh, that was a whole new concept for me. Oh my gosh, yes. Because once that happens... Well, I mean, at bad water, especially, it happens easily because you're just wet and you're sweating. And so you want to kind of prevent <laughs> any really bad problems where you might end up dropping out of the race just because you're chasing. So now I want to talk about how crazy you are. Okay. What weird races have you done in the past week or so? Well, last week I did, um, it was my first 100 mile, well, first bike race ever. I went to Alberta, Canada, and it's funny, uh, my dad and I love the races put on by Trans Rockies. We've done like this Trans Rockies run nine times. It's a 120 miler across the Rockies in Colorado, but they are based in Canada and they also put on bike races. So I went and did a 100 mile Fondo on the highest paved road in Canada. And it was absolutely beautiful, super fun. I would do it again. It took seven hours. I didn't know what to expect at all, but it was super fun. I would go back in a heartbeat and do it again. And um, my next race is in Canada. It's called Iron Legs 100K, and it's sort of near Calgary. I've never run it before, but wanted to for about five years. It just always conflicts with the sort of like the Trans Rockies race. So my dad will be at Trans Rockies, and I'll be in Canada running this 100K. And what are your long-term, really cool race dreams? Are there certain races around the world that you want to do? Yeah, there are races. Um, and there's also just sort of like adventures. Like since um, I sort of love Yosemite, I even named my daughter Sierra because of the Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, I would love to do the entire John Muir Trail. It's 218 miles from Yosemite to Mount Whitney. That's been sort of like a dream of mine. I would love to um, go to Europe and run the UTMB 100-mile race. And that goes through three different countries in one race. So you have to run with your passport. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. I also really next year would love to do my first 200-mile running race through Moab, Utah. It's actually 240 miles, um, and they give you, I believe, five days to do it. And um, I, I really love Moab. I love um, just like the red rock and the scenery some of my friends have run. So maybe I can get Dean Karnazis to uh, <laughs> join me at that one. But there's a lot of different adventure type things. Um, like I love running in Canada. I love running Yosemite and the Colorado Rockies are beautiful. And they have just a lot of sort of adventures and long trails that you can kind of connect. And so I would like to do some of those. Michelle, how can we follow you and follow your adventures? Are you on social media? 
Yeah, I love Instagram. On Instagram, you can find me at Michelle M. Barton. And on Facebook, it's Michelle Barton. I'm on Strava, Michelle Barton. And I also co-host a couple like ultra running podcasts. One is called Training for Ultra and one is called Trail Runner Nation. So I'm on there occasionally as well but mostly on Instagram. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Michelle, and good luck with your coming races. And thanks so much for being in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good. I know. Thank you for having me in both editions. I hope all the listeners just really enjoy the book. It's such an easy, fun book, and I know they'll be inspired to get out and run. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're running one mile or a hundred, like you're, we're all equal. And as long as we just try to be better, like the next day than we were the previous day, then we've done a good thing. And I think just being healthy in general is so important. That's all we really have, you know, in life. And it really like makes you happy to, to feel healthy. Exactly. Get out there and enjoy yourself and yeah, keep your body moving. (laughs) Thank you. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Now, I've been sharing a lot of stories from this new running book. A bunch of them have already aired and a few more are still coming. So make sure you subscribe to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast on Apple or Google or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And that way you will automatically get them going forward. And you can also scroll back and listen to past episodes You can listen to them while you're out there running or walking. Come back for our next episode. I'm going to be giving you a preview of our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels All Around. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.